All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! Moments notice, at arm's length, the line, Hughes, Jones! Yes, existence, take you to the sun. First career NHL goal, Quinn Hughes makes it one nothing. Here, like I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and Valentine's Day. Wow, we should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores. Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. My name is David Quadrelli and as always I am joined by Chris Faber. Chris, 
It's been a big week for us, but how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm recording uh, while laying down in bed right now. That's that's something I did not know before hitting record on this. Are you sure now is a good time? It, it is a great time. I'm uh, recording remotely from the girlfriend's house this week, so I hope that the audio is coming off. I'm looking at it right now. I'm recording on the old laptop, and you know I got the old mic, so I'm hoping that everything sounds pretty good. I'm getting good audio uh, files right now as it's popping up with the wavelength, so I think it should be okay. All right, all right. I'm, uh, there's that nice visual now for our listeners of you laying down in bed recording it. We should uh, should mention we're remote. We're not recording together, so I am not also in the same room as you recording this while you're laying down in bed. That's why I didn't know. But I think this is going to be a great episode, Chris. You haven't heard it yet because you were a little bit busy today. You went to Capitol Suspension Bridge, which I plugged to our guest, who I'm sure people already know, is Jack Rathbone, the Canucks' top defense prospect. We were talking, and I just said to him, I'm like, yeah, Faber's not here. He's at the Capilano Suspension Bridge. Uh, that's a place you'll you'll definitely visit in your, during your time in Vancouver. But yeah, Rathbone just got here. He's, uh, you know, he, he, he can't really enjoy the city. He's kind of just cooped up in a one-bedroom apartment. And uh, yeah, you'll, you'll hear all about it in the conversation. But how was the suspension bridge? Uh, it's, uh, it was awesome, man. Uh, but first, with Rathbone, because I haven't heard the interview, obviously, yet. Did you guys uh, talk about like what food he's been ordering lately on DoorDash yes. or Skip the Dishes? Because that's how you can't do, right? Okay, I'll uh, wait for the interview then. Uh, but that that was my main question because you asked me. Uh, you're like, oh, send some questions if you got any. I didn't really have any, but I think that would be a good one because he's what is he? Just a couple days into quarantine, I guess. Yeah, but he so he's allowed to order it because they just leave the food at your doorstep, right? Like he doesn't yeah. have to interact with the driver or anything. It's not like he's going out to a restaurant. So when you're quarantining, you can order food. So yes, he has been, and he's uh, he told me you'll hear it, but Thatcher Demko was the first person he texted, and uh, yeah, he was just like, "Yo, so what do I do for food?" And his favorite food is sushi. So I told him he definitely got drafted by the right team if his favorite food <laughs> is sushi. And uh, yeah, he agreed. He's been ordering a lot of sushi, but. I did tell him he's got to try some poutine, and he was a little bit shocked to find out that McDonald's here has poutine. So yeah, I told him, I'm like, yeah, go get yourself a McDonald's poutine. I was telling him, pretty hit or miss, but yeah, it was it was a really fun chat with Rathbone, and yeah, you and the listeners are really going to enjoy it, I think. Excellent. Well, I'm excited for it. And yeah, like I guess the reason why we're recording in such a strange position was uh, I was at the Capilano Suspension Bridge, which was awesome. Um, very cool. Like we were worried cause I guess they like shut down a lot of stuff. They were saying that the lights weren't going to be on. They're doing different protocols. Like you could only go in one direction, which was, you know, great. Obviously that's what we have to do with COVID going on. But we got there at about, uh, four o'clock probably on Friday. And from there, like the, it was just starting to get dark. Right. So the lights were getting nice and it was gorgeous. Like walking across that bridge was pretty cool. We did some of the cliff walks and that was kind of a sketchy thing too. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun and, you know, walked up in the trees and saw all the lights. It was great. It was a nice little Friday night vacation. Almost felt like the world was uh, a little bit normal for a little bit. It was great. Anytime you get that feeling, it's a good day. But you haven't been during a year when there's actually all the lights. So, I mean, I can't really ask you if how drastically different it is with less lights because you haven't really seen it with all the lights. But it was good all <laughs> overall, right? You enjoyed it? Oh, yeah. I blew up, uh, blew up my Instagram stories with a little bit. You'll see it on there. There was one thing where these rings where like the lights would go shooting from one side to the other and switching lights. Oh, I don't know why I could have just stood there for six hours. Like we, we walked around for a couple hours of the whole place, mm. but like, man, I could have just sat there at those rings and watched the colors bounce back and forth. That was the coolest part for sure. Like the bridges, don't get me wrong. The bridge is cool. The bridge is great, but these rings of light, it was a good time. That's all I'm going to say. 
Wow, that's that's good to know. Maybe I'll have to maybe I'll have to go by there. I haven't been in a while, actually. We used to have like yearly passes because the yearly passes, like if you're gonna go more than once, you just have to get the yearly pass because it costs less. It's great. It's also I'm pretty sure like it was five dollars more to get like instead of a one time like admission, you just get like a year pass for like five bucks more or something stupid like that. <laughs> I love it. That's yeah. That's that's interesting. That's that's in- interesting business model. I'd have to we'll have to examine that one day on the Patreon maybe. But I'm I'm thinking there's not too much to talk about this week, Chris. I mean, we we kind of just you know, Braden Holpe's mask design got released. That looks really cool. I like the mask a lot. Uh, nice little nod to indigenous art there as well. I, that's one of the reason I really liked Ryan Miller's mask. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. There's, there's just really not too much to talk about. I mean, we're going to obviously get into the Warzone game and plug the Warzone game a bit, but do you have any actual Canucks news that's been on your mind or any burning hot takes you want to talk about? Well, the day that this episode gets released is the final day for Niels Huglander's contract. Um, he spoke with a a Swedish website, Sports Bladet or Sports Bladet, uh, it? I don't know. Anyways, he Nailed talked it. with them, and he he did talk about. He mentioned the AHL for a two week stint, so um, it didn't sound like he was a hundred percent interested in you know toughing it out in the SA, or in the AHL for a long time. But he's he's really bounced back and forth on that opinion. I know I've heard. When he first signed, he wasn't going to play in the AHL. Then he, when he talked to us, he talked about you know growing in the AHL if that's what he had to do. And now he's kind of saying something about a two-week stint uh, in the AHL before the NHL wants to call him up. So it's it's going to be interesting. And I think uh, I'm hoping that I'm the one who breaks the news because I've been on this Huglander camp for a long time. But Rick Dollywall is probably going to beat it to me on Saturday and let people know that Huglander's traveling to Vancouver. I'm sure that's going to happen. But... Uh, that's that's kind of the big news. I mean, Huglander will be arriving here very soon. It's uh, as I tweeted out the other day. I talked to the camp, and they just said that whenever Vancouver wants him there, they're going to get here. So uh, it's in the Canucks' hands as of Sunday. So that's kind of exciting news. Uh, and he'll play his final game with Regley uh, on Saturday at 10 a.m. So that'll be that'll be bittersweet to cover. Uh, but we'll see. It might not end up being the last one, depending on how he shows at camp. So that's kind of like the only real news that and. And the Warzone game. I feel like the Warzone game is going to, you know, pick up some speed here. Now that we got uh, some actual Canucks on board, it's going to be awesome. And I know that we've already had a bunch of teams enter just to raise some money to help uh, support Dave through this Christmas time. Which is absolutely fantastic. But before before I get into the Warzone game, I do want to add that goal Hoglander scored. I also asked Jack Rathbone about that in the conversation. And it was just, like... It, it, it was such a nice goal, and it just speaks to the confidence this kid has, and just how quick he is, and I, like, one thing that the gifts didn't show, and I'm sure you saw, you were watching the game, was the takeaway that happened, like, right before that goal, like, that was a testament to how tenacious Hoglander is on the puck, and how he's so quick, and just, you know, he, he found his way through traffic to score that goal, it wasn't like Dude, he did was you see the open. pass, the pass that he made to get into the zone? Yeah, exactly. He just that was, skies yeah. a saucer pass like tw- like about ten feet in the or not even maybe about eight feet in the air. He skies yeah. a saucer pass that lands directly on the blade of the player who's going in. And and you mentioned it like we're seeing a lot of these points come up, and it's hard to like okay when I post a gif on Twitter, I'll take open up the or pull back the curtain a little bit here, but like I can only give you fifteen megabytes, right? Fifteen MB. That's how big the gif can be. So I can only get about ten seconds of clip in there. Like sometimes I can not even get over 10 seconds. So it has to be somewhere in like 9.8, 9.9 seconds for most of the gifts that I post. But 
lately, all of these goals that are that he's been scoring or the assists that he's been getting, like all of them over the past week or so have come from him being excellent on the forecheck, going in and like taking the puck away and then setting up a player, just scoring himself. So I think that it's we're in a streak right now where like he's playing some of the best hockey that we've seen all season, and it's pro- kind of the perfect time for him to do it. Like it, I just feel like like the only way for this to be the perfect little cherry on top is for him to have his final game on Saturday, go out and score the lacrosse goal and, you know, bring your ass over to Vancouver. Like that's how this story feels like it needs to end for me with Huglander and Sweden. I want to talk about that a little bit, Chris, because that's something I actually asked Jack about. And you'll, again, you'll hear it in the interview, but I would ask him, you know, with your skill set and being a guy who's a little slighter in stature, do you kind of get more confident knowing that Travis Green trusted Quinn Hughes with the role that he had last year and even in the playoffs. And Jack said it's a major confidence boost. Like, seeing a coach that trusts your players like that, like, man, Jack's Jack's pretty fired up, I must say. Like, he sounds really excited to come compete for a spot. And we've talked about how he's a wild card and all this. But, man, like, it's not just because I just talked to him and his recency bias, but, like, even when I was watching clips of him and tape, I was like, man, like, could the Canucks use this guy in their top four? Like, having almost, like, a watered-down version of Quinn Hughes as the one-two punch? Like, dude, I don't know. Like, Drance was talking on the radio this week about, you know, if you have Alex Edler in a third-pair role, and say there's a Jalen Chatfield or a, a Brogan Rafferty or, hell, even an Ollie Levy, and you've got Edler playing the right side or one or the other, say that's your third pairing. Like, that sounds much better if you have Edler on a third pairing and you're able to actually graduate someone to the top four. So, I don't know, I, I've kind of given it a little more thought and I'm just like, man, if, if the Canucks could have a one-two punch of Hughes-Rathbone, and, and don't get me wrong, I think they'll have this down the line. Like, I think that's going to be a really good top four on the left side. I think, you know, I think by the start of the 21-22 season, it's going to be uh, Hughes-Rathbone-Yolevi, which is a pretty good cost-controlled left side, but... I'm starting to think like maybe at some point this season coming up here, we see Jack Rathbone in a top four role. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, it's possible, but I think that looking at that is going to be tough because you're going to need penalty killers on defense, right? That's, that's the thing that it comes down to for me. Like, you know, it's, it's tough. Cause like, you're going to have to force almost everyone else to kill penalties. If you have Quinn Hughes and Rathbone, both in your lineup, like the other four defensemen, have to be able to kill penalties or Rathbone might have to be able Mm -hmm. to develop into it himself. But uh, I think that's a great Mm -hmm. question that you actually asked him uh, about the trust with Travis Green. So I'm excited to hear that in the interview. Um, But that's the thing. Like I, I think I've given you this hot take. I do think a lot of defensemen, if not all of them can kill penalties. Like I think that every defenseman can kill penalties because they're literally playing the position of a defenseman. You know, players like Quinn Hughes can kill penalties. Players like Eric Carlson can kill penalties. But you just don't want to use up the ice time and have them blocking so many shots that you would like to have them in offensive situations instead. And I do think that that's a spot where they should use with Quinn Hughes. But for Jack Rathbone, like, I think that if you can block shots, which you should be able to do as a defenseman, if you have a decent stick and if you can protect the net, or at least one of the defense pairing on your penalty kill can protect the net and push guys out of the way... Like, you should be fine. I do think that there's an area for Jack Rathbone to at least work his way into killing penalties. I don't think he's going to do that right now. And and you know what? The funny thing is, like, it comes back to your question. Um, would Travis Green trust him enough to kill penalties? And I just, I don't know if it's a hot take, but I've brought this up to you before. Like, I think every NHL defenseman should be able to kill penalties. 
okay, so here's the only thing with that, Chris, is it's like, you know, that's great, but not even every NHL defenseman can't even play solid defense. You know what I mean? That, so it's that's like, true. <laughs> so even if it's like taking a second later to getting to a defensive assignment, right? Especially when you're down by a man, like, you know, I'm trying to think here, like, remember how quick Chris Tanev was? And, you know, it's crazy we're saying remember Chris Tanev because he's gone now, but you remember how quick he was at like getting over and yeah, he would block a ton of shots because of it, but maybe that's a bad example. But even like a guy like Edler, who's just, you know, quick at picking up defensive assignments it's just I think with a rookie you're starting to get in the territory of maybe he takes a second longer and he needs someone to direct traffic like it's just theoretically I think your idea makes a ton of sense like everybody should be able to kill penalties but I think it's something they have to learn right and maybe you know maybe when we have got on this on the uh on the podcast we'll talk to him about uh you know about the uh the penalty killing tape that Travis sent him this summer or sorry this fall or whatever you want to call it um but yeah i don't don't know like i like your idea in theory i really do but i think it's a little more complicated than that you know what i mean yeah i think what i'm trying to say is every defenseman has the ability to kill penalties like every defenseman should if you can get to the nhl as a defenseman you can teach yourself how to kill penalties like there's ways to do it and i just i look at it like if you are going to look into a future with an olio levy a jack rathbone and quinn hughes as your three guys on the left I do think you are in a good spot if all three of them hit, right? And it's funny because, like, you mentioned we might see that this year. Like, two years ago, people were saying that that's an absolute pipe dream and that's ever going to happen. You know, like, they were, there was no one believing that all three of them would actually hit and be NHL players because Yolevi was going through some stuff. Rathbone was a late-round pick. And when we got Quinn Hughes, I mean, that seemed like a pretty obvious fit. He's going to play in the NHL. But nobody out there really thought, like, you couldn't even be that positive at all. If you could, like, you couldn't be that positive to think that all three of them could hit. And then, you know, now here we are. And it's something that you want to discuss it more is, you know, the potential for those three to be the left side guys going into this season. But Yo Levy is a guy who is going to kill penalties. So that's a great spot. But I mean, if you're going to have Jack Rathbone and Quinn Hughes in your lineup, all the other four defensemen have to kill penalties. That's, you know, that's Nate Schmidt having to kill penalties. That's Tyler Myers. Yeah. That's Alex Edler. That's Jordy Ben. That's potentially Brogan Rafferty. Like, all four of them have to. And that's an unfortunate thing because Brogan Rafferty didn't do it at the AHL level. Yeah. Jack Rathbone, I don't think, did it at the NCAA level. So that's a tough jump to put one of either of those guys in. I think Yo Levy is ready for it. Like, I'm, I'm not worried about Yo Levy being able to kill penalties because the thing that you brought up that Chris Tanev did so well. That's what Yolevi does so well. Like he's always in the spots to block shots, to break up passes. That's what I think he's really good at. So I'm going to be excited to see him actually kill penalties for the Vancouver Canucks. That's where Yolevi is going to be the best on the ice for this team. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm really excited. These are going to be guys we really got to watch closely at training camp. And I think, you know, that's that's really exciting is that there's just so much, so many storylines going into camp, right? And I mean, maybe closer to camp, we'll do a little breakdown of all the storylines to watch and the ones that we'll be watching. But I think now's a good time to go to the interview. We'll go to ads first. But before we do any of that, I think we should talk about the Warzone game a little bit. So, you know, I'll kind of take the reins here because I've, you know, I've been organizing it for the past two weeks, but it's finally happening next friday december 18th we are going to be playing a canucks twitter private match three private matches on Warzone. uh benefiting, benefiting our friend dave nordham 
Uh, you know, people have heard Dave before, uh, especially on the Patreon. He's going to be guesting on the show. We have put in the request. Uh, Dave says as soon as he gets some of his strength back, he'll be coming on the show. We are so excited for him to be a guest on this show. Um, so yeah, we're looking forward to that. But in the meantime, uh, you know, I've written the stories about him. Uh, then the Canucks, you know, uh, reached out and wanted to make him the uh, face of the Hockey Fights Cancer campaign that they're doing, uh, that all the teams do, and he's their, excuse me, he's their guy that they're going to be, uh, that they profiled and that, uh, you know, Elias Pettersson made the video for. It was really touching. So, yeah, Dave's a great guy. He, uh, you know, he's going through a hell of a fight right now, but he is a fighter. Uh, he's a super positive dude. He's really a breath of fresh air to talk to. So that's why I'm really excited for people to hear hear him on the show. But in the meantime, we are going to be raising money for him. So this game, December 18th, 7 o'clock, we start. All you got to do, go find it on Twitter, on my Twitter. And uh, all you got to do is donate at least $15 to his GoFundMe. Uh, you'll find all the links online and stuff. It's in my uh, story I did about him on Canucks Army. Uh, I'll be retweeting the GoFundMe throughout the week as well. If you need it, just shoot me a DM. But all you got to do is donate $5 per player. Uh, so it's a game of trios. So teams of three. So 15 total. And we're going to be trying to just fill it up with a bunch of Canucks fans that want to donate to Dave and have a little fun while doing so. Spots are actually filling up pretty fast, which I didn't expect, but I'm really excited about. Like, I think we have almost 13 teams now and uh, Ryan Beach is going to be joining us. He's going to be our teammate for this game. And uh, I guess the big news is it looks like Adam Gaudet's coming in too. And I think he hinted that uh, Elias Pettersson would also be joining him. Uh, which is a ton of fun. Godet's been really gracious with you and I. I was, you know, I was messaging back and forth with him today and he offered to host the stream on his channel, which is super gracious of him. So we're really thankful Godet's helping us out here. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited for the game. Well, it sounded like Rathbone might need a partner as well. You know, we got Yanni Yermo's a gamer. Victor Parison's a gamer. We'll see if we can get them involved. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. And you mentioned it. Like, it, it's great to hear that, you know, the, the spots are filling up so fast already. Like, to hear that the people are want to get engaged. And, and a huge shout-out to guys like Adam Gaudet who are helping, you know, with a big platform or are going to help us support and raise more money for Dave. Because I know that, you know, yeah. I saw it on Twitter last week that, you know, it's... You know, it's he wanted. It was hoping for fifty thousand dollars. They're over fifteen right now, um, and it's just going to be great to see us put together something for Christmas time for Dave. I mean, his. I think because you know it was great to see the good news that Dave was saying. You got to ring the bell. I know that's the big, amazing uh, step mm-hmm. for somebody going through what Dave's going through. But there's still a, a massive massive fight for him to go through so it's great to support him and you know i've i've never talked to him on the phone like you have but i've you know listened to your interview with him i heard when he was on with canuck clay as well on the youtube um so i'm excited to chat with him he sounds like an awesome dude and we've dm'd a little bit in the past so i'm excited to uh to chat with dave on the show and i'm super happy that we can play video games to help support him that's awesome I know, it's great. Yeah, he's an absolute gem. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you saw today, Elias Pettersson sent him a jersey, a reverse retro, uh, signed by <laughs> Petey, which uh, that, that's pretty awesome, man. I think Dave's pretty pretty pumped to get that uh, get that sent to him. So yeah, I'm really no excited joke. to have him on the show, but I'm even more excited to play some video games and get him a bunch of money too, <laughs> because holy cow, man, like the donations, you know, we, we put a $5 minimum for each player, but holy cow, like people have been going above and beyond. Like I was just checking his GoFundMe and 
man, like God's donated 50, although it's anonymous. He, he messaged me. He's like, he's like, yeah, I threw 50 in there, but, uh, but it was anonymous. <laughs> not sure why. And I'm just like, don't worry. I'll make sure people know. Um, yeah. and then yeah, like Beecher did the same thing. Ryan Beach donated 50 and you, you know, you can go look at it. Like even Cody, Cody Sievertson donated like 30 bucks just to enter the tournament. So it's like, yeah, we, we really appreciate all the donations. Uh, we'll That's obviously awesome. be making one as well, but yeah, we've, we've got to get through our finals first before we do anything else. Cause <laughs> our our weekend here is going to be intense chris it's going to be insane yeah you know what i'm excited for because like we saw ryan beach tweet about warzone just like a week ago and you and i were talking about it second place win for him he follows it up with a win so like i hope beach carries us and if there's one thing i know it's ryan beach is a good decision maker obviously he's done a good enough job to get to the vancouver canucks he's made a lot of good decisions for them to hire him the canucks made a really good decision hiring him i think as well but ryan beach was also the man who brought me into canucks army so he made a good decision bringing this podcast and my writing over to canucks army if you believe it so wow i'm excited to chat with ryan because i don't think i've seen ryan since well, training camp, we, we crossed ways a little bit, but I, I got to see him at Jason Botchford's um, media night uh, that was, oh man, that's like, is that two years ago? Yeah. No. What about your Botchford project night? Didn't you see him there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Botchford. Yeah. I got to see him. We sat in the stands a little bit there. So that was fun too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a while. Uh, I hope Beecher can carry us because he, I don't know about you, but Beecher seems like, uh, he seems like a gamer. I, I get that from him. Yeah, he's probably got like a two point nine KD. Just knowing him. <laughs> yeah, can we creep him? We'll we'll have an update on the KD from Beecher here soon. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely ask him once we start playing with him. So yeah, it's gonna be fun, guys. Faber's gonna stream it because I'm gonna be hosting it, so I'll need all the Wi-Fi I can get. So Faber's gonna stream it. Uh, if Godet's playing, he's gonna host. He's gonna do a stream as well. Uh, but if he's not playing, he said he'll host it on his channel because uh, he's just not sure. He might have all his equipment packed up as he's getting ready to uh, c- head over to Vancouver, so he might not be able to be in the tournament. But uh, I don't think Petey's gonna have an excuse because he's already here. So we'll see how everything goes. But yeah, God's told me he's gonna try very hard to play in this game, and we're very excited for everybody to be playing in this game because and yeah, you know we, who needs a teammate you know who needs a teammate quads our interview guy coming up here rathbone yes i think yeah i i texted him after the interview and i just said hey feel free to uh get some of your because he just told me he was playing with a bunch of his buddies from back home i was like feel free to get any of them on because i think that'd be super fun just get as many people as we can so yeah it's a really it's an open invite spots are filling up kind of quickly but definitely reach out uh you know if you want to reach out before you make a donation feel free do whatever you need to do Uh, my dms are open on twitter so that's where you'll find me at quadrelli the first l is a capital i all right, guys, we're going to cut to break, and then we'll go to the interview. So after a few words from our sponsors, you will hear from Canucks prospect Jack Rathbone. And on the other side, Chris will give his prospect report, and we'll wrap it up. You are listening to the Canucks Conversation. Zephyr Epic is Canada's source for trading card games and sports cards. They ship free anywhere in Canada on orders over $50, and you can use promo code Hockey Season with a capital H and a capital S, all one word, Hockey Season, to get $5 off your order exclusively for Canucks Conversation podcast listeners. Be sure to join them live on Twitch for Epic Case Break openings. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Zephyr Epic, Z E. P-H-Y-R, epic on all platforms. 
Christmas time is here, and that means that we have some special beer. That's right, the folks at Parallel 49 Brewing have decided to drop an absolute banger this December. They are coming out with the Jelly Donut Ale. You're going to have to go out and try this one. It sounds like a wild beer, and that's what Parallel 49 is known for. So be sure to follow them on all of their social medias and on Facebook as well. Instagram, they like to keep a fresh story update there coming out every single day. And if you guys are drinking Parallel, be sure to tag them on Instagram in your story as well. So be sure to follow them at Parallel49Beer on all your social medias, and we will be out there trying the Jelly Donut Beer with you. New Mike's Hard Blue Freeze hits you with the nostalgia of a blue freezy with bold blue raspberry flavor and a refreshingly crisp finish. Mike's Hard Lemonade is a Canadian original made with natural flavors. Chris, this is one of the very few alcohols that I actually enjoy. And Matt, you got to be careful with these things because they go down like candy. They do. They are probably easier to take down than a freezy because those freezies, they kind of hurt your throat sometimes, you yep. know, the blue freezies. These ones don't. These are just absolutely delicious, perfect summertime drink. And I'm wondering what they're going to be like in the winter, to be 100% honest. I mean, I had one two days ago. It was kind of cold. It was rainy. It was just fine. That's good. Even when you're feeling a little blue, you could go for a blue freeze. Absolutely. And yeah, if you guys haven't tried it yet, go get yourself some Mike's Hard Blue Freeze. Oddshark.com is your home for sports betting. You can find all the odds, you can find all the futures, you can find all the picks, everything you need, including a lot of very good editorial content, including the latest one up there. It's the featured NHL article. The odds to win the 2021 Stanley Cup have been released, and the Colorado Avalanche are the team to beat, while the Vancouver Canucks rank 11th on the list, just below teams like the St. Louis Blues, the Dallas Stars, the Pittsburgh Penguins, Washington Capitals, all the way up to the Philadelphia Flyers, Toronto Maple Leafs, Boston Bruins, Vegas Golden Knights, Tampa Bay Lightning, and Colorado Avalanche. Colorado has plus 650 odds, Tampa and Vegas have 700, and Boston with 1,200, Toronto with 1,500, and you go down to the Canucks, it's plus 2,000 for the Canucks. So we'll have to wait and see, but you can find that and so much more on oddshark.com. All right, guys, joining us now, returning guest of the Canucks Conversation podcast is Jack Rathbone, who is now in Vancouver. Am I right about that, Jack? You are. Okay, so tell me about the last week and a bit. Like, you find out that they're looking at January 13th. Who messaged you from the team telling you it was time to get over here? And what was that like for you the past week and a half? Just kind of walk me through it. Yeah, it was, um, things kind of picked up pretty quick. Um, I was kind of in talks with my, uh, my agent back home. And um, I was skating with kind of a bunch of local pros and you were starting to see guys like ramp it up. And um, even some guys had already left for their uh, respective towns or um, cities. And um, I reached out to him. He reached out to um, management and we, uh, we got it done pretty quick. I knew I just kind of wanted to get the uh, quarantine over with here um, so I could get out and start skating and training before, um, before camp got going here. Hopefully that's, sooner rather than later and then um flew out flew in seattle then flew from seattle to vancouver and now we're here okay so what's your living situation like are you are you happy with your quarantine situation what's the next two weeks looking like for you yeah I'm, uh it's nice um i'm solo right now in a uh in a one-bedroom apartment a uh, little little bit of gym equipment to so that i can uh, try and stay in shape a little bit and obviously not gonna be on the ice so that's um, that's unfortunate, but be able to stay in shape a little bit and uh, a lot of TV, a lot of Xbox. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been good. 
Okay, now, have you explored what's available on DoorDash and Skip the Dishes? I don't know. You guys don't have DoorDash and Skip the Dishes. You have, like, Postmates or something, I think, is the equivalent in the States. But have you explored the local restaurants that you can order from, from the comfort of your apartment? I have. I, uh, I've been sam- my, uh, my favorite food sushi, so I've been, uh, I've been sampling a couple different places well, since I've been here. Um, but, yeah, we, um, we don't have, what was it, Skip the Dishes? We don't have that. We have uber eats and Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit of doordash back home so i uh i reached out i actually reached out to thatcher demco just to be like hey what's the uh what are the hot spots in town and um i've uh, i've definitely sampled my first fair share of sushi so far man that's that's what i was gonna say is if you're if you're a big sushi guy you definitely got drafted by the right team because like i'm not a huge sushi fan but you know, I have a lot of friends that are, and people really like their sushi in Vancouver, and apparently it's really good in Vancouver. But, you know, so so you mentioned their TV, Xbox. What are you watching? What's your what's your Netflix show? What are you going to? My uh, my go to just you know I've Jennifer Aniston's probably my favorite uh, female actress, so I've, I'm a big friends uh, big friends fan. And then um, I actually just I just started another one on Netflix called Designated Survivor. Uh, only like four or five episodes into that, so it's been good so far. Okay, now you're an honorary Canadian now, so Shit's Creek. Have you heard of it? Do you have any thoughts? Are you going to give it a try? I've uh, definitely heard of it. My sister's a huge fan. Um, she watched it actually back home, and I, uh, I mean, I've got another 12 or 13 days here to go, so I, yeah. uh, I'll <laughs> definitely look into it. Yeah, Faber and I are both working our way through that show right now. We're on about season five, and yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's it's pretty good, I must say. Um, okay, so you know, kind of just walk me through it. You know, you find out that you've got to head over to Vancouver. Now, obviously, you're alone in the apartment, but what's it like for you to kind of leave your family, especially at a time like this? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's tough. I think you know, with Christmas coming up and everything, you, it's my. Uh, obviously, I think it's my favorite holiday. It's, um, something you get to you see family and friends and um being able to open presents christmas morning surrounded by uh, my brother sister and my family um it's great it's one of the best memories i think you, you get to have all year but i mean my dream to play in the nhl and um i mean it's things are starting to ramp up and get pretty real here so i think uh i'll definitely i'll miss them but it's i'll, I'll definitely be excited here to get camp going hopefully sooner rather than later now, the last time we talked, Chris and I both got a really good sense of what your personality like, and you know, we, we kind of pick up that you're a confident kid, and then after watching more and more game tape, we were like, yeah, okay, no wonder he's confident, but you know, you, you also, you know, you know you're, you're humble, and that's what we really like to see from you when we were talking to you last time, so I'll ask you again, uh, because I asked you last time, but heading into training camp, yeah. you've had, I think it was a month ago since we've had you on the show, heading into training camp, yeah. have your goals changed at all? Have you kind of... You know, now that it's actually happening, have you kind of just changed your mindset at all, or is it still just I'm going to go into camp, do the best I can, and try and make the team? Yeah, I think it's nothing's really changed. I think I'm just, you know, I think the intensity is starting to ramp up. I think that's that's kind of it. Your your mindset is uh, is starting to become more and more real as, as the days kind of lead up to camp. And um, yeah, no, I think I'm just still trying to go in there and do do what I do best and try and make the team. 
Okay, so I was watching, you know, I got tasked, well, I run Canucks Army, so I, I gave the task to myself, but we were doing prospect profiles, and you ranked high on our list. I think you were third on our list of the prospects in the system. So I was watching a lot of your game tape, and I didn't realize how good your edge work was the last time we talked, and uh, I was just wondering if you could kind of talk about growing up, kind of where did you pick up the skating ability from? Was it just something that came naturally to you, or was there anybody in your life that really helped you work on that? Because, you know, from watching you play, and I'm sure you can kind of agree with this, it's either your shot or your skating. That's your best asset for sure. And I was just wondering if you could talk about the skating in general. Yeah, I mean, I think, my uh, my skating is definitely one of my strengths. Um, from a development standpoint, I think my dad just he was uh, he played college hockey at BC and then um, eventually was drafted and played pro. But uh, just from a development standpoint, I think he's been huge um, overall in my development. But just from a from a skating perspective, I guess um, I, I think it it came a little bit natural to me. Um, I never really focused on kind of like going to power skating or um, really specifically kind of honing in on edge work or some uh, stuff like that. So I think that was one thing that kind of came natural to me. And then eventually as I, I knew um, that was going to be one of my, the strengths to my game, I, I decided to focus on that just from a strength perspective in the summers, um, just because I wasn't a very big guy or, anything like that. So I think just being able to get in the gym, trying to become as, as explosive as possible, that was something that eventually added on to that. Now, last time you and I talked, uh, I asked you what one thing you're always trying to work on your game is. And the thing you pointed out was defensive zone coverage and, you know, just the defensive side of the game. As a bit of a smaller guy and a smooth skating guy, does it give you any sort of comfort knowing you're coming to a team that put Quinn Hughes, for example, in a top pairing role in the playoffs against Ryan O'Reilly last year as a rookie? Does it kind of, you know, give you comfort knowing that this coach, Travis Green, you know, will trust players if they can play defensively, um, you know, even if they are smaller in height and smooth skating? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think it's, uh, it was, it was pretty cool to see what Quinn did. Um, not only in the regular season, but obviously in the playoffs and, uh, definitely gave me confidence knowing I'm pretty similar in stature and, um, kind of rely on my skating ability a lot in terms of my defensive play. Um, just whether it's trying to keep a good gap or, um, positioning wise in the defensive zone. So I think it definitely gave me confidence seeing how well he did. And, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously I'm my own player, so I got to go out and prove myself and, um, try and develop and learn as much as possible. But, it's, uh, it's going to be fun to, to play with uh, such an exciting kind of young group here. Absolutely. And, okay, now I'm wondering, in the life of a prospect, especially a top prospect like yourself, do you follow what's going on in the offseason? Like, the offseason moves, like, you know, the Canucks lost some defensemen this year, and there's there's going to be jobs available, uh, you know, particularly on the right side, but there will be some on the left, potentially, especially if you, like, force your way into the lineup. But do you follow stuff like that? Like, are you watching and kind of seeing, like, okay, like, I have an even better shot now here? Um, I think it's it's kind of hard not to, um, especially with the media coverage out here. It's... Um, in a, in a Canadian market, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty specific in terms of you're seeing everything um, firsthand, whether it's on social media or on NHL network. Um, so I think it's definitely hard not to, but um, I think a big thing for me, especially this off season with it being my first year pro is just kind of put my head down and kind of work just because I know at the end of the day, it's me that's got to go out and earn that spot. So um, whether it was in the gym this summer or on the ice, I, I kind of tried to, keep my head 
kind of in between glass and in the gym just to try and uh, develop myself um, from an individual standpoint. Now, on the topic of keeping up with what's going on with the pro club, you know, we talked about you, you did watch some bubble hockey and you were following along with that. But I want to ask you if you saw Nils Hoglander's goal the other day, the between the legs he pulled off in the SHL. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that the other day. I saw that clip on Twitter. It was absurd. That thing was sick. He, yeah. um, he, he seems like he's got crazy skill and um, just another guy that I think um, Canucks fans should be excited about. And on the topic of that, just, you know, kind of remind me here. You were at development camp the year before him, and I think you missed last year, right? Yep. Okay. I, uh, I think I was, what was it? So it was 2017 draft right yes. after my junior year of high school. So I, I went to my first and then my second development camp, and then my third, I had surgery on my ankle and yeah. missed that one. Okay, because yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna, I wanted to make sure because if not, I was definitely gonna ask you what you thought of him at camp because we were talking to uh, Mikey DiPietro, who's a goalie in the system. We were talking to him about uh, Hoglander, and everybody, everybody at development camp was just saying like, "Yeah, that Hoglander, he's got some pretty sweet hands," and he's like, "Yeah, we were, we were just watching him play." And Chris, Chris watches a lot of SHL games, and he just he seems like a player who's really gonna kind of thrive at training camp. So on that note, I wanted to ask you about yourself and your game. Like, you know, you never want to be just a, a practice player but do you think with your skill set being a guy who's quicker uh can handle the puck can really hammer the puck do you think you're going to kind of benefit from the environment that the training camp is going to have uh, i hope so i think it's just it's it's going to be uh pretty fast paced and up tempo and i think um with my skating ability and ability to make plays um i think i, I should be able to hopefully go out there and put my best foot forward and have a good camp but um yeah, it's it, the game's trending in that way where it's uh, it's a lot of offense, it's a lot of get up and go, a lot of transition hockey. So um, I'm excited to kind of get going here. Now, here's an interesting kind of wrinkle in all of this with the COVID world we're living in. You know, there's the the prospect of taxi squads, and people have kind of thrown that around. And I'm not sure if you're a baseball fan, but basically the taxi squad is where they just keep an extra amount of players. Those players don't play, but they're just there in case there would be a call-up. These are the players that would be like the first call-up. And, you know, if we were kind of debating this amongst our team at Canucks Army, what we were talking about is like, if there were a call-up in a regular season, and there was actual minutes to be had, say in a top four role or, or on the left side you would likely be one of the first called up. But now I, I kind of wonder, because with the taxi squad thing, like you wouldn't technically be playing a bunch of games or you'd be in Utica on the other hand and you wouldn't be on the taxi squad. So I'm kind of wondering if you've given that any thought at all and if you've kind of wondered what's best for your development, if you have any opinion on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen that just kind of how it's been proposed um, in terms of the format. I know they're still trying to iron some things out, but... Um, yeah, no, I mean, I really haven't put too much thought into that. I think it's right now it's just kind of a mindset of trying to go into camp and have the best camp possible, learn as, as much as I can in, in my first camp and um, try and make the team. Absolutely, man. That's the right mindset to have. Okay, so before we wrap up here, can I hit you with some Canadian rapid-fire questions? I know you've only been here for a week and you've been forced sure. to stay inside, but can I hit you with some? Definitely. Okay, so the first one, what's your favorite movie with a Canadian star in it. Now, the, the cheap one is anything with Ryan Reynolds because that's the main guy that I would name. It's Ryan, you Think of Ryan Reynolds, Seth Rogen, and others like that. Keanu Reeves, those are the Canadian guys. Okay. Um, oh, no. My, uh, my brother's actually, he, uh, 
what is it, the, those Deadpool movies. Oh, yeah? That Ryan Reynolds was in. Those were, I watched those with him. Those were, uh, those were pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I think <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that one just because that's the first one that comes to mind right now. Filmed in Vancouver, actually. I don't know if you knew that. That really? uh, yeah. So so that you know the scenes on like the uh, on the highway or whatever when he's got I, I don't remember what the guy's yeah. name is like the Tin Man or whatever. So that's I don't yeah. know where you're living in downtown, but you know the Georgia Viaduct. It's right by the arena. It's like it was filmed right there. It shut down traffic. People were really pissed actually at the time. But yeah, I'm, wow. I'm like ninety percent sure it was. I know it was in Vancouver, but I'm pretty sure that's like the scene and you can kind of see it if you look at the movie and then you look at what the viaduct looks like and like that area right there it really it's right by rogers arena yeah it's it's actually you know pretty cool to see the city and everything but yeah okay next one have you tried poutine yet no okay no i uh i we actually i've got a couple guys um in my class at harvard a couple of my roommates that are from one's from montreal one's from nova scotia but guys that talk pretty highly of poutine so i'm i'm excited to hopefully try it here very soon yeah so faber and i for our patreon subscribers we're gonna do a poutine taste test chris has been trying to do it for so long because like all the fast food restaurants here have poutine like mcdonald's has poutine yeah. and it's actually not that bad i'm not gonna lie a and w has really? poutine like all the, yeah mcdonald's poutine man it it gets a lot of slack it's really hit or miss like sometimes the only issue i'll have is like they don't put enough gravy and the cheese curds aren't properly melted so it's like man you, yeah. you've got to have the right ratio is the only thing so i don't know maybe when you go order your first uh, mcdonald's poutine just ask for extra gravy but uh that's that's probably probably the probably the move. Good to know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Now you mentioned you're playing a lot of Xbox. I don't really have many more Canadian yep. questions because there's not many prominent yeah. Canadian video games. But uh, what are you playing in quarantine? Are you playing Warzone? I uh, I've actually honestly I've just been playing whatever my buddies back home have been playing. So it's been uh, it's been a bunch of different stuff. I've played played PGA, two K, twenty one, a little bit of golf. I've played some NHL and um a little bit of cod and warzone and then some Fortnite. but trying to trying to sample a bunch of different stuff so i don't get locked into the boredom here of the next 12 days of playing the same thing absolutely have you seen your teammates uh adam godette and elias Pettersson doing the twitch streams of warzone have you seen any clips from those i haven't seen any clips yet but i'll definitely um definitely look into it here soon yeah, we're actually, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe you'll want to play, but I, I haven't even announced it at the time of this recording. But uh, there's a Canucks fan for Hockey Fights Cancer. His name's Dave Nordum, and he's he's a great guy. And we've, uh, you know, I've done a few stories on him. I've talked to Dave, and the Canucks picked him to be their uh, Hockey Fights Cancer uh, kind of profile. So uh, we're doing a Warzone game uh, where everybody buys in, and I think it's like five bucks a buy-in. You go on a team of three, and... Uh, <laughs> And you uh, and we're and you, you just play three games of Warzone, and we're we're gonna try and get a bunch of people on there. We're gonna try and get uh, Gods and Petey as well, because uh, yeah, that that would be a fun team. You Gods and Petey on a team of three, that would be Team Canucks. And with Godet on your team, you guys might win. Because I don't know if you've seen, but that guy is very very good. But yeah, that's that's a little thing we're doing. We're doing a little fundraiser. Should be pretty fun. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Okay, man. This has been a lot of fun. I, I don't really have anything else for you. If you have any closing thoughts, feel free to give them. But this has been an absolute pleasure, Jack. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no, it's been great. Thanks for having me. And a huge thank you to Jack Rathbone of the Vancouver Canucks for joining us on this week's episode. Chris, that was a fun conversation. And 
man, that kid has a lot of confidence, but he's also humble. And that's something I even mentioned to him was that, you know, just the way he answers questions and everything, we kind of picked that up from him. And yeah, like he seems like a good kid and we're, you know, we're wishing him all the best going forward. Yeah, he's going to be one of uh, my favorite stories to cover at camp for sure. That's uh, that's going to be a lot of fun because he's the guy that, you know, I, I'll be honest, like I cover prospects pretty hard. He's kind of the one that... I've seen the least of, you know, I'm, I'm just excited to see what he does at training camp. And, you know, not only that, but I'm excited to see the coverage that we're about to bring at training camp because Canucks convo and Canucks army combined together. I think we're, we're not going to really tell exactly because I don't think we know exactly what we're doing, but we have a lot planned that we want to try and accomplish at training camp this year for coverage. And I think we're going to crush it here on Canucks convo specifically. Yeah, I really have no doubt. I've got, you know, we both have a few tricks up our sleeve and then when we put our, minds together that's like the size of like one regular brain so we're gonna we're gonna be great chris we're gonna we're gonna do great (laughs) yeah you got that right all right (laughs) i'll wrap up here uh just a quick prospects thing uh i've talked to a few people surrounding the swedish hockey team the world junior team about victor pearson um so the latest that i've heard and this is as of friday night from what i've heard the selection is going to be a cut down on saturday and that saturday night which is kind of like Saturday afternoon for us. So this news should be coming out sometime around noon, maybe even earlier than that uh, on Saturday about Victor Pearson making the team or not. But from what I've heard, it sounds like Victor Pearson is not, not definitely a lock, but he's not really on the outside looking in like I originally thought that he was. And kind of when I looked at some of the other players, what I heard from people that in North America were saying that he was on the outside looking in, but the people that I've talked to in Sweden and from one NHL team who has a Swedish prospect there, both of them said that he looks like to be one of the guys who's in the mix, not only for the third pair, but potentially a top four role on the right side, because what they have is Victor Soderstrom, who's going to be so much fun to watch. And then after that, it could be Victor Pearson actually on the second unit. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of fits out there. Um, it's exciting to hear though, for sure. Um, and we're going to kind of get an update Saturday afternoon. So if you're listening to this early Saturday, there should be an update today or Saturday. Um, we potentially, you know, even Sunday morning, depending on the time, but something will be up soon for team Sweden as they approach the world juniors here. So that's exciting news. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I had, I didn't even hear the top four thing. We don't we don't talk much about hockey when we're not actually doing the podcast. Day. I've kind of realized that. Yeah, no, we don't save a lot of these prospect <laughs> things. You normally just bring here and talk about it after. But uh, the other final thing, obviously, we kind of mentioned it at the start of the episode. It's the only news that I think is going to be huge this weekend. Um, is Niels Huglander traveling to Vancouver? When is he coming? Obviously, he is coming. Um, so I'm wondering if it's going to be Sunday. Like That's the earliest he could because he's going to play Saturday night in Sweden. You know, does he fly out Sunday morning? I don't know. We'll keep it posted. I got my notifications on for Huglander on Instagram. Maybe he's going to post a flight to Instagram story here. We could break the news <laughs> that way. We'll see. Uh, but anyways, I'm going to try. This is going to be the story I'm trying to break. I'm going to try and beat Dolly Wall in this one. Uh, but honestly, I'll probably go to Twitter after recording here and then just see Dolly Wall reporting that Huglander's on his way. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Let's hope not. Well, I mean, if you don't have anything else to add, I think this is a good place to wrap it up. This has been a fun episode. Thanks again to Jack Rathbone for joining us. For Chris Faber, my name is David Quadrelli, and you have been listening to the Canucks Conversation. Hello, thank you for calling Thomas Drant. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 